Hey y'all, welcome to Sex Ed For You, the podcast where research meets reality. I am Lauren, a certified holistic sexuality educator. And I'm Holland, and I have a Bachelor of Science in Public Health. Sex Ed For You's podcast is for people who want to date and have great sex that is fun and safe and enjoyable. We like to empower our listeners to make informed decisions that lead to values-based living. Good morning, good afternoon. Yep. Oh, how are you feeling this morning? I'm feeling good. I love the snow. Mm, it snowed here in Central Virginia yesterday. Is this your first time, like, being in snow like this? Eh, I mean, like, first time that not everybody's like, oh, my God, we're going to die. The grid is out. And, like, oh. yeah, so yes. <laughs> <laughs> the last time I yeah. saw the last time I saw snow like this, uh, you know, electricity was going out left and right. People were dying from it being too cold in their homes, and Texas was essentially just really unprepared. So this is the first time I'm like seeing it, like, oh, this is this is beautiful. Ironically, my baby sister was in Texas for that storm. Yeah, miles from your family's home. Yeah, that's what's so weird about all that's of this. Crazy. Like, we literally should probably Google Map. The connection like she was they had to flee flee but basically flee yeah i mean his a, apartment all the all the water yeah. started bursting in apartments above them it was really scary and so yeah yeah it was too yeah it was crazy they're like if down the street that'd be crazy so she went and stayed with one of my really good friends who she hadn't yeah. really known over in austin yeah so he drove her to austin yeah holy crap mm-hmm. that's crazy mm-hmm. crazy no we were over the christmas holiday when I was stalking you on our shared location, so we were trying to figure out then, like how close his apartment would have been to where your parents are. Crazy, that small is town, wild, small world. Yeah. Anyway, for our subject today, Holland and I, y'all, have a list of so many subjects. Yeah. <laughs> that we're always very excited about when we write them down, but then when we sit in these chairs, we have to like refine motivation or like connectivity because we're not really interested in doing subjects we're not really excited about in the moment. Yeah. But we found one. We did. What are we talking about It's today? such a fun one. We're going to talk about sex within new relationships. Also drawing, we're drawing a lot of lines between things. So sex within new relationships, BDSM, um, what you're interested in, and like sexual compatibility. And how to communicate that. Yeah. Because, so in my mind, it's two things, knowing what you want mm -hmm. and then telling another person what you want. Yeah. Which is risky in new relationships mm -hmm. and risky in long-term relationships. Oh, absolutely. And I'd love to kind of compare and contrast. I'd love to talk about some resources that we have, Sevi has, as well as ones that you and I have utilized in the past. And then how to bring it up with a partner. Yeah. And Adrienne Marie Brown, shout out, our first reference of the day, has a list of principles of liberator relationships. Mm -hmm. And one of them, two of them that I wanted to mention was number one, the first time you have sex with someone is not necessarily an indicator of all of the sex you will ever have with no. them. No. So that I want to talk about. And then secondly, that we do owe it to our sexual partners or potential relationship people mm -hmm. to align our sexual longings. Mm -hmm. And so having these conversations early on is really, really beneficial. Absolutely. Like really beneficial. I know it's hard. I know it's <laughs> awkward, but that's what we do here. Yeah, literally. We have the hard and awkward conversations and equip you to. And I also think it empowers us to stand in our agency because even as much as our yes is yes, our no should be no. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. uh, uh And then we can have some yellows and some maybes, mm -hmm. but the no's are no's. Absolutely. And lastly, um, we're both really passionate about not yucking somebody else's yum. For sure. And you and I were just sitting here going through some of the lists. And yeah. we'd be like, huh? Oh. <laughs> like, about some of these things. And... I <laughs> It's just really important yeah. that we figure out ways to listen to other people's sexual desires without um, making them feel bad. Let's talk about, from your vantage point then first, kind of how you have approached sexual desires. Does oh, it come gosh, easily yeah. to you? Is it tricky? Have you been in situations where you weren't getting the sex that you wanted to have? And how did you bring that up? You know, that's a broad question, Lauren. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, let's start with this. <laughs> let's start with, yes, I do like to have that conversation. Mm -hmm. I will say I probably have a little bit of an advantage in that 
people I'm dating know that I work in sex. So like <laughs> it's they It's a great field. Yeah. Like Highly they recommend. expect that from me. Yeah. They don't I mean even if they're not like expecting that specific conversation, when I bring up sex, it's not like, ooh. And like the people I'm dating aren't people who are going to be put off by talking about sex because that's not compatible mm-hmm. with me. Right. So, well, typically. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I brought it up because it's juicier. Well, because this is when research meets reality. Oh, yeah. And you and I try to be really transparent. And I'm going to share a personal story in just a minute, too, that <laughs> it is one thing to have the background we have. Mm-hmm. And then it's another thing to intermingle the erotic brain with mm-hmm. it too, which is, you know, this kind of concept of overcoming ambivalence, mm-hmm. right? Like, yes, we know that we should be having, you know, equal conversations with our sexual partners yeah. and all these things, but oh boy, is ambivalence hot too. It's so hot. <laughs> so listen, y'all, we we have we have this research brain, we have mm-hmm. this knowledge. Yes, people know what we do. And we are human beings as well. Oh, I'm so human. So human. And I make so many mistakes. <laughs> so but I. having that conversation, I think the way I typically bring it up, and again, you know, I have a little bit of a foot in the door already just by somebody knowing where I work. But I typically bring it up just like in a calm environment, a private environment. Um this is so silly but like I always like to eat beforehand (laughs) I don't want to have this conversation on an empty tummy (laughs) yes it's a rule y'all I am a holistic sexuality educator and yet I don't know if I would ever put that on my list must have a full tummy. I must have a full tummy or a snack. <laughs> really? Yeah. Good. It just, yeah. I don't know. I'm a different person. Yeah. I'm hungry. Good. <laughs> Good. I under-resourced maybe like, maybe like it's like running on empty, like yeah. a gas tank. Mm-hmm. And I just like, I'm, food plays an important role in my life. It's good, good. Yeah. Know and this, like, know everybody's thyself. a little bit happy after they have food, you know? Like the happy dance. Oh, wait, wait. Are you, wait, 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 wait. Are you also putting food in the belly of the person you're having this conversation with? Yeah. Like, like to fatten them up type of thing? <laughs> yeah, I'm fattening <laughs> the calf. <laughs> no, I, you were like, everybody's happier when they're tummy They are. They How are. Everybody. Soup. Yeah, so let me... Contextualize rule number two. Yes, everyone in the situation needs to have eaten. Okay. They don't have to eat together. I just good. Everybody's tummies are after full. a meal. I think that's kind of what love it that. is. It's like I after fucking a meal. love that. No. Yeah. Like we've had dinner. We've had a glass of wine. Okay. Wine doesn't have to be there. Maybe right. we've had a little bit of a joint. Right. I don't care. You don't have. You can be completely sober. Mm-hmm. It's just how I like to enter this conversation. I love it because the meal. It's like you already are. Here's the logic, right? Of having the meal together. Yes, I just like to have food. Also, if you're having a meal together, you've already like kind of dived into some good conversation. I would hope. And then, like, after dinner, everybody knows after dinner is where the best conversation starts. Mm -hmm. So then you have the conversation. You go home or you get in the car. Mm -hmm. And that's when the conversation begins. And in my repertoire of skills, for some reason, the way I start this conversation is, hey, what kind of porn do you watch? Because it's casual. You know, like, it's Mm -hmm. like everybody watches porn mostly. And, like, everybody has their thing. And that really can give you insight into what somebody likes. And so I start with the porn. And then I move into, like, more specific questions. Do you have any fantasies? Do you – I don't know. I'm trying to think. It's it, – you. I usually just go with the flow of the conversation. I don't have, like, a list of questions, oddly enough. But it starts with porn. Every no, notice, everyone, that she did not say, do you watch porn? No. Right? This is um, a Kinsey – research trick when they did like their first big bout of research they never said do you or do you not yeah not they yes said or no. at what age did you start mm. fill in the blank mm-hmm. that is very similar to the method of questioning you used there yeah. which is very open-ended if someone doesn't use porn mm-hmm. um 
it isn't simple. They can say, oh, I don't watch porn. Yeah. But it also would be very welcoming if they don't watch porn, but they're more like me and they love erotic literature. Yeah. Right? Like they are more uh, reading. They love their own mm-hmm. imagination. Or if they wanted to say at that point, I don't use porn, but I love my fantasies. Yeah. Right? Like a really great fantasy life. Or they want to say any type of porn then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also by that method of questioning, you're implying that you're open to hear whatever type of answer. I love to ask questions that do not have a yes or no answer. Yeah. Because nice. that really pigeonholes people into like choosing mm-hmm. yes or no, which can be really over overwhelming, mm-hmm. especially if it's like, I don't know, sometimes, maybe, I don't know. Like there's just, there's such a wide range of response that narrowing it to yes or no is really not helpful. (laughs) Well, and if we're doing this early on in a relationship situation Mm -hmm. or even dating, maybe there's not even a category or label. We're Mm -hmm. not a relationship yet. You know, chances are you're still learning about other things too, Mm -hmm. such as, you know, how liberal is this person? How sex positive is this person? They also might not know all these things about you. Yes, you work in this field, but I don't think many people are familiar with what sex educators do. So I just also think that there's so much guilt and shame Mm -hmm. surrounding sex and sexual behavior still that the response could have a negative effect. So you're giving them leeway. I also think back to the food thing that when we think of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's good to have like be rested and be fed Mm -hmm. and all of these things. I don't I don't think that's bad. Yeah, start at the bottom, work your way up. Yeah. Self-actualization cannot be happening without food, water, shelter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I'm applauding this. I really you. think it's amazing. I love food. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm laughing at all of that, but it's so, so beautiful, mm-hmm. truly. And I also think that so many of us get into conversations when we are under-resourced. Mm-hmm. Like we shouldn't be having that conversation mm-hmm. yet. Um, so I'd also throw in there, you know, if you just had a fight with your best friend. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no. like if you are in a, even if dating this person is mm-hmm. going great or you're out on a fun date, yeah, just consider. Yeah. Consider all, consider yourself. We yeah. are the bodies coming to these sexual The resiliency check, like yeah. you always say. Yeah. Like, look, <laughs> game changer. Mm-hmm. Game changer. Okay. So say somebody tells you the types of porn they love to watch. What then? I think you just kind of like have it like a normal conversation Mm -hmm. or back when I was not in this field and I was a young, a young chap, not a chap. I've never been a chap, but Mm, (laughs) I was a young girl. (laughs) Um, We always thought it was really funny to take these, not funny. It was kind of funny, but take these two tests. The first one is the BDSM test. Okay. Second one is the rice purity test. And if you don't know what the rice purity test is. It's called rice? The rice. It's from the university, the rice. Oh, rice, rice university. yeah. Uh-huh. Purity test. It is 100, 100 questions. Oh, my Lord. Um, easy questions. And it's like check boxes, yes or no. And it starts with like, have you ever been alone in a room with someone of the opposite sex? Have you ever mm. held hands? Have you ever kissed on the mouth? And then it like gets progressively more intense and it's like have you ever done drugs have you done this and it's like then at the end you get a score and the lower it is the less quote-unquote pure you are oh my god we used to do this in high school all the time as like a joke as like a what i mean like uh we just did it i don't know (laughs) we we did it and then we would talk about our scores it was something we did at like sleepovers sleepovers or if you were dating somebody, like, it was kind of always, like, a weird thing you would do. I guess maybe people just did it with me. I don't know. I had it happen, like, in two or three different relationships. <laughs> Granted, high school relationships, so. We really should make T-shirts for sex educators that say, ask me all the reasons I should have known I don't be a sex educator. Yeah, right? literally. Like, I'm like, <laughs> other people don't do this at Sleepover Silent. It might, you might be the yeah. common denominator. It might be me. <laughs> Uh, let's take a sexual purity test. So obviously, hearing this from my vantage point, right, as a person who works every single fucking day to help people undo these myths about purity, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, God damn it. Like, why is this here? But was there less of like moral implications? Yeah, more just like almost a doing of... a Cosmo survey? Yeah, it was yeah. just like fun. Like, okay, actually, something that was attached to the purity test 
in college, I hosted a purity test party. So you come dressed as the decade in which your score is. Oh my God. 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever score you are, that's the decade you come dressed as. It was great. And no one felt, no, it was just fun. Okay. And maybe that's just my perspective on it because I'm so like, oh my God, so cool. Like, what mm-hmm. decade are you? Mm-hmm. And like, you don't ask people what questions they said yes or no to. Oh, okay. You just, <clears throat> you're like, oh, cool. You're in the Right, 30s. but the closer to 100, the more pure. If no one's making judgments about unpure versus pure. No, because it's not really about purity for, it wasn't about purity for okay. us. It was more so just like a fun activity, I guess. And my friends and the people that I knew, like, everyone knows what it is. It's such a widespread thing okay. that it's like, who cares? Like, just do it, and it's fun, and if you're uncomfortable with it, don't come or right. wear normal clothes. It was so much fun. <laughs> and it was so not a thing of, like, oh, like, yours. Okay. okay, I was the host, and I was dressed in a flapper dress from the 20s. Let's uh-huh. put it that uh-huh. way. Like, I don't give a shit. Right. <laughs> it was just a fun thing more so than it was cool. like what's your moral standing cool yeah i think it's amazing I've i almost i used ever to like heard of this. i used to like retake the test after another relationship yeah that's kind of what i was thinking yeah just retake it whenever you feel like it i haven't taken it since college so mm-hmm. maybe it's time maybe it's time we maybe we shall take it and then Put our scores in the... Mm-hmm. And put our scores in the notes. <laughs> we will. See the notes. <laughs> so, yeah, we did that in the BDSM test, which the BDSM test tells you... It's, like, so many more questions, mm-hmm. and it's much more intricate. And this one's, like, are you a brat? Are you a rope bunny? Are you submissive? Mm-hmm. Are you dominant? Are you... Gosh, there are so many more words mm-hmm. that it gives. Mm-hmm. Like, they're, like, 30. Um, and it gives you percentages. Is it? It's asking you questions about things you'd like to do, which is then putting you in these categories? Or are people putting themselves in these categories without knowing what it is? You're not necessarily knowing what it is. It's okay. kind of like the questions are posed like, would – it's a scale, so it's – yeah. So disagree to agree, yes. and there's like somewhat neutral, somewhat mm-hmm. agree. Yeah. Um, and the questions themselves are posed as like a situation, and it's like, would you like this or be interested in this? Okay. And it is a sexual act or yeah. like a behavior yeah. or mm-hmm. like a desire for. Like, would you like to be? One of the questions I remember is, would you like to be pet like a dog? Okay. Okay. And okay. it's, yeah, you Good. answer on that scale. The reason I ask is that I've seen some sometimes which says things like, on a scale to, of one to ten, how much of a brat are you? Ten Uh-oh. being very bratty. And I'm like, I don't know if if you haven't broken down what brat play is inside yeah. of sexual experience. I don't think it actually does anybody any good. Yeah. yeah. Now, I do think that if... Well, guys, all these will be linked in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> if, if someone does this and gets 100% brat, mm-hmm. it behooves them to go on and start to research yeah. like what this means, what the sexual behaviors, mm-hmm. look up podcasts, stuff like that, um, and then dive into the nuances of even if one is 100% brat, you still get yes, no's, maybes, you still, right? Like there's yeah. always negotiation and consent. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, I think tests like this are so fun as a launching pad. Absolutely. These aren't a one-time thing. No. Yeah. The conversations that you have after a full belly, you know, about what kinds of porn do you like, mm-hmm. not a one-and-done conversation. Mm-mm. Also with these, if you do some fun quiz to find out your BDSM preferences, it shouldn't be a one-time, okay, oh, great, I'm 100% a brat. Yeah. Because you might end up in a situationship or a mm-hmm. relationship with someone who knows more about what that means. Yeah. And you you owe it to yourself to do some education there, you might really like it. Yeah. You really might. Like, dig into it. This sweet culture, this sweet American culture, we're like, great, got my answer, right? Like, got yeah. my Enneagram number. Now I'm going to get my little quips off the internet, and I'm good to go. It's like, uh-uh. Like, there's so much nuance mm-hmm. inside of each thing, and people get to learn and grow and become. Like you said, like, we should do the tests again, mm-hmm. because we, we sexuality is fluid. Absolutely. And we get to always be expanding and contracting and that's okay these are not like an end-all be-all but they are really fun they're so much fun and such a good 
have you ever, because I know what I have with a partner, I even did with my now husband early on in relationships, sent quizzes to one another yeah. to do 100%. as that being the springboard for more intimate conversation. conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. I remember taking the BDSM test, the purity test, and the political spectrum test in a dorm room on the floor of a boy's dorm. It was very entertaining and we did it and it was fun and we had great conversation from it. Uh-huh. That's aligning things, yeah, and or malaligning things, but yeah. you, we can owe it to ourselves, yeah. And what do you think of if people have different sexual preferences mm -hmm. that aren't a full-bodied no from somebody else? You know, that are like a yeah. big interest of one party, yeah, and kind of fall in the like meh range of another. I think okay, I think that this category could really fall into for a lot of heterosexual couples with men that are open, pegging. Yeah. I think that yeah. really falls into that because it's like I've known a lot of women who have had that um, mm -hmm. situation. Mm -hmm. And almost every time it's not like in the woman's body that I've known, that I've been friends with, they've all been like, it's not like a hard no. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. gross me out, but mm -hmm. it's like scary. So I think that really falls into that category. 100%. Such a beautiful example, right? And we talked about this, I literally think last episode, the joy that comes from stimulating the prostate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, to me, a sex educator, if it's not a hard no, if it's a uh, or a maybe or a yellow area, something like that, it the joy for the person that it's uh, for can be in the intimacy you gain with the partner, mm -hmm. right? And helping all of their deepest sexual desires come yeah. true. The fun you have, the giggles you share, yeah. the eroticism they experience with you, the you picking out what they want to be pegged with, right? Like all these types of things. It is a new neural pathway mm -hmm. that you're creating. And that can be amazing. Yeah. That's what I encourage people to lean into, that it doesn't need to be you jump off the cliff, right? Yeah. Like that you tiptoe into this water together. I think the emphasis that I, the only one that I would put on there is just that the person who it's the full-bodied yes for is respectful of yeah. the person that's more in the the yellow area or the, mm -hmm. uh, what does that look like? Um, I think, you know, letting them be involved in the process. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if pegging is the thing, do, do they want to be pegged by their own partner with a strap on? Do they want butt plugs? Do they mm -hmm. want um, something else? You know, share all these things. And then I would say involve them in the process. Um, share the fantasies that it comes with. Maybe, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know, expose them to something that turned you onto it in the beginning. What about timelines, though? What do you mean? Like, okay, I know it's going to be different for everybody, mm -hmm. but I think that's such an interesting, like, point in the relationship when, mm -hmm. okay, someone's brought up this, like, sexual act mm -hmm. that they want to do. One person's a full body yes. One person's like a, eh. mm -hmm. I think what often happens is the person who is a full bodied yes feels like they're pushing mm -hmm. for that thing mm -hmm. over and over and over. And the other person is like, I'm not ready or I don't know mm -hmm. when. What does that look like? Like planning that future involvement in mm -hmm. that? Um, first and foremost, I want to make sure everybody understands the concept of sexual agency. Mm -hmm. So I would have the conversation pretty upfront about, yeah, about timelines, negotiating mm -hmm. timelines, you know, like how quickly are you thinking? I don't feel comfortable with tomorrow, <laughs> you know, the ah, person. And the other person has an opportunity to say, um, yeah, no, I'm thinking like maybe like in two months, like maybe we work it up until two months. Then the other person has an opportunity to be like, okay, that feels great in my body. And or if I'm not ready in two months, I want to encourage you to explore this more on your own, mm -hmm. right? There are so many fun things that can suction yeah. cup to the wall. There's so many neat things that one can do in solo sex. Yeah. I would get very leery if we started robbing people of sexual experiences they yeah. wanted to have. And I think that there are some, not some, we all deserve to have sexual privacy, mm -hmm. even inside of committed relationships. Mm -hmm. That looks different for everybody. I think we need to be very clear. Privacy is different than secrecy. Yeah, Privacy is I am spending time with myself behind closed doors. Please don't bother me. Mm -hmm. This is my sexual time. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. There is porn that my partner likes to watch that I'm not that into. Mm -hmm. Is it my job to be like, nah, don't watch that? No. It is his body and his eroticism. That is his. 
And I think that I would also have that conversation if people were in yeah. the, I don't want, to, no, we don't need to force someone because that's mm-hmm. non-consensual. We also don't need to rob someone or steal. Yeah. Also non-consensual, right? That's non-consensual taking on both parties. Mm-hmm. And I would I would encourage that conversation. I really would. Yeah. And talk about the timeline, s- seriously. And if it's uncomfortable at any point, you can opt out. That doesn't mean that the other person needs to feel badly yeah. about the sexual desire. Mm-hmm. And I know that is hard. If this is early on in relationship and this is not, it could totally be a deal breaker, yeah. a relationship breaker. And that's okay too. That is yeah. really okay. We don't need to vilify people for not aligning with our sexual mm-hmm. longings. You know, earlier we were talking about you know, knowing what we want and that being such an important part of asking for what we want, mm-hmm. right? You can't even take it. That's why quizzes like this can actually be helpful because it asks you questions. Um, but I do think that developing sexual values of your own, critically important. I did this with a client just the other day. I think developing sexual values of your own to understand your why mm-hmm. you're interested in certain sexual things in a season, critically important. I did this with a client just the other day who's in a new season of sexual exploration. I have worked with this person now for a very long time, and we had done their sexual values, I want to say, a year ago. They were completely different than they are now. Okay? Yeah, they change. They were in a relationship a year ago, they are footloose and fancy free right now. Oh boy, do they have different sexual desires. One of them was honestly simplicity. And I thought that was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Like they're just really in and like clear communication. Like mm-hmm. they're really interested in those things right now. Yeah, I get that. They're not like intimacy never came up. Hmm. Never. Okay. They are not interested in those types of things. So the reason Holland brought this up is I'm very interested in aligning what we do with these bodies with the values we have at a certain time in life. We can do anything in the fucking world with our bodies. It's amazing. What a gift. What a joy. If it doesn't align with us, it is going to feel bad. Mm -hmm. Right? So I would encourage this couple that you were referencing earlier, the one who's meh and the one who is like, can we try pegging? Yeah. Um, To do some sexual values together. Right? To assess and go over because they might be shocked. That the that both of them have a curiosity and fun mm. shared value sexual values, mm-hmm. and then he might get to say, "Hey, we both have the same value. This is why I want to keep being curious and playful and have fun with yeah. you." And she might be like, "Hell yeah! Why why am I being scared? We align, right? Yeah. Not this old baggage that is where so much of this guilt and shame around sexual things mm-hmm. and embarrassment and fear comes from yeah. is old things that we don't even align with anymore. Yeah, now." If they did this in um, safety, security, um, words like that started to come up, he might be able to protect her a little more in the situation. Like, okay, I see you really need to feel safe. So yeah, let's really plot this out. Let's put the date on the calendar that we're going to look at these things mm-hmm. so that you don't feel jumpy and surprised while also celebrating my desires. And then again, y'all, if... This is early in a relationship or deep in a relationship, and you are feeling really malaligned with someone. It is okay to say, hey, listen, I love you a lot, but we are not aligned sexually. Tell me this. What are some risks of bringing up sexual desires, um, BDSM, kinks, fantasies, Mm. um, once early in relationship? I think early in relationship... Especially for people like me who, what we've said earlier, can see, like, the future so quickly Uh and can uh see, like, the um, potential of relationships and of people. When you're bringing up things like BDSM or things like fantasies that feel a little bit outside of what we would call, quote unquote, normal in society, which is nothing. But anyway, that's aside the point. Um... But when, you've, when you're bringing up something that feels like it's outside of the box, it can be like putting a stick in your own plan. Like, <laughs> like I'm, you're almost putting a roadblock onto something that could be really good, especially in a new relationship because you don't know what it's going to look like yet. You don't mm. know if it's going to be great. And like what if you introduce this fantasy of yours and all of a sudden it all blows up, you know? Or there's also just like, because then it becomes the rejection. 
And I guess the root of that is rejection. For me, it's like, ah, ruining my plan. But it could also be just like, you don't want to be rejected, I guess. That's a more simple answer. I don't care about rejection. I don't want my plan ruined. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so fascinating. It should also be mentioned that sharing stuff like this is private. And then if this relationship moves apart mm-hmm. and never, ever, ever should we share someone's private sexual information with another person. Yeah. Please be respectful. I was just thinking that possibly a risk of this would be, oh, well, we just had sex a couple times. It was great sex, but it never went anywhere. Mm-hmm. But I shared like incredibly intimate things and I hope they don't share it with somebody else. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I'm a super trusting person. Same. I don't usually <laughs> go in like that. But Lord have mercy, do I have rough stories from clients and or the world at large where we yeah. see text shared or sexual images shared. Um, I want to segue, if it's okay, into this concept of how to have these same exact conversations in a longer-term partnership. You've probably got more experience with me than me. <laughs> so you go ahead with that one. Right. Um, I think that in both situations, there is risk. Mm-hmm. And I think it's for different reasons. The for, In the first realm, it's, ah, I don't know this person. And what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. In the second realm, it's, ah, I know this person really well. Yeah. And what if this is different? Yeah. What if this is new? What if this is off-putting? What if this threatens my security and safety? Um, some fascinating research for people in female bodies and people with vulvas is that oftentimes their eroticism is for the first time unlocked when they feel safe and secure. Mm. I see this all the time, whether a client fe- is finally feeling safe and secure in their own body, and then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, right? Like, finally, I don't hate myself, mm-hmm. and now I feel desirable by everybody. Yeah. Or finally experiencing felt safety inside of a partnership. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden they feel safe and secure and they're like, Lauren, why am I thinking about my old high school boyfriend? Yeah. Okay. This is how the erotic mind functions. Yeah. It loves safety and security. And so it's totally normal for deep inside of long-term relationship to all of a sudden be getting a kinky brain. Okay. Yeah. That did actually like click something in my head. I finally came to terms with my bisexuality when I was really deep in a long-term relationship and it was like super interesting. Ding. (laughs) I was like all of a sudden I'm interested in girls and I've never really been like okay with it. I don't know. Uh It was such an interesting Uh situation. If we have a moment I'll see if I can find the quote from the book that we read inside of Hemlock. Shout out to Mm -hmm. our book club. Um, Because it was Everyone identified so deeply with it mm-hmm. of, uh-huh, yeah, when I experienced security of way different kinds, everybody had a different story. Yeah. That's when I unlocked this piece. Mm-hmm. And doesn't it make so much sense? It Like, really if does. all of a sudden we find ourselves so fucking sexy, right, in the mirror, that then we're like, hmm, I'm desirable. And so then when someone starts flirting with us, we're like, oh, my God, all these people started flirting with me in the bar. No, they've always been, fl- right? Like, humans yeah. are humans. You just saw yourself as that person. So yeah. all that to say, inside of secure partnerships or long-term relationships even, we can find our brains feeling erotically interested in new things. Mm-hmm. It can be a great time to do a yes, no, maybe list. And, yeah, it can be nerve-wracking because of – oh, wait a second, what if this changes your view of me? Mm. What if this threatens my security? What if you think I'm gross? Right, so yuck, yeah, yuck, yum But stuff. the benefits to it are so much, <laughs> so much better. So much better. Um, here's my little story. <laughs> um, I had a Reiki session a couple weeks ago after Holland and I did our, um, what you call it, retreat, work retreat. And my incredible Reiki practitioner said, you need some nurturing touch. Like, you've got to watch out. Like, you're in desperate need. Who can you ask that for? Like, where can you get that? Like, yes, you need to go book a massage. But, like, where else can you get this? And I thought in my head, oh, my goodness, my dear sweet partner would give that to me in a heartbeat. I just have to, these are the kickers, notice, trust, and value that I want nurturing touch. Mm-hmm. When I work with clients, I will say, where do you get stuck? Okay, so with nurturing touch, I could notice it. I mm-hmm. knew I needed it. 
Okay. I valued it. Um, no, I, tr- I noticed it. I trusted it. I trusted that it was real. What I couldn't do is value it. Gotcha. I yeah. couldn't value my need mm-hmm. enough to like speak it out. Mm. Well, all it took is somebody else knowing, which is the benefit of working with anyone, y'all, um, for me to come home and be like, uh, <laughs> it was a great session. I need to ask from some really nurturing touch, specifically in lovemaking. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I wasn't met with, what are you talking about? Or why haven't you asked for it sooner? I wasn't met with any of that. I was met with, I'd be happy to provide that for you. Of course, because when you ask for what you want, especially, ironically, to use Holland's wonderful step-by-step solution earlier. After dinner. We had just <laughs> eaten a lovely meal. And we were sharing space together. And every it was just a relaxed scenario. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. It's all about the dinner. It's all about the dinner. <laughs> anyway, but that was on like a Sunday or a Monday. And I had honestly kind of forgotten that I had said anything. And then Wednesday evening, I think, he initiated a sexual encounter full of so much gentleness and tenderness. Mm. And I just thought, oh, my God. And it was absolutely mind-blowing. And, y'all, I usually like some freaky sex. <laughs> I usually like carnal like or, like, quickies. Like, I'm, I love bodies. And t- I am not – it's not usually where I need to get my soft, nurturing touch. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just not. And so this was actually different for me in my body. And it blew my mind. Like, blew my mind. And so later we're laying in bed. And he was like, how was that? <laughs> I was like – it was maybe some of the best sex I've ever had. And not to shit on you, oh dear one, it had nothing to do with your lovemaking. It had everything to do with, I kept thinking in my brain, this is what I asked for. This is what I asked for. I needed this. I needed this. I'm getting what I asked for. I wanted this. I asked for this and now I'm getting it. Like I kept using these cognitive tools that I teach my clients of observing the behavior and then giving Mm -hmm. positive affirmation to the behavior. So Mm -hmm. I kept being like, wow. This is amazing. I wanted this. I'm observing this. I like this. <laughs> Literally, like, kept going through that. Wow. Yeah, wow. <laughs> so I felt like the whole time. And it was so good. And I thought, this applies for anything, mm-hmm. right? If you were really wanting to try being spanked with a paddle in a sexual encounter, it is not going to be any good if the whole time you're doubting, if you're not valuing mm-hmm. your want of this thing. Yeah. It, it works for everything. If you're yeah. sitting there thinking like, oh, God, I hope they're really having a good time. And, yeah. you know, like, was I selfish to ask for this? And mm-hmm. what does this make me? What does this say about my childhood traumas? <laughs> and what is – if you are in your head and not cognitively affirming, oh, God, this feels so good. Yeah. It's it's going to mess that up too. Yeah. Um, but it was – the reason I bring in this specific instance up in long-term partnership is I could have been met with a – well, God, don't I give you good sex? What do you mean? Do you mm. not like the sex we have? Mm. Right? It could have almost like put a wedge between my partner and I. Like, well, well that makes me embarrassed. Have you been thinking this the la- all the times we've been having sex? I'm not partnered to a person who does this, but I'm trying I to know. think of things yeah. that I've heard. Yeah. Um, and so there are risks. Yeah. There really, really are. Absolutely. But I also think that if someone did respond like that, that's a red motherfucking flag, brother. It's so funny that you said that because I say with my clients now, I'm like, either they have agency to respond and they respond with pleasantness or negotiation yeah. or enthusiasm, or they respond with a jerk response. Yeah. Okay. And then, clients, you can chime in here. You know they're a motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> you owe it to yourself to find these things out mm-hmm. and you owe it to them not to rob them of agency. Yeah. He could have been like, I don't want to do that specifically, mm-hmm. but I can mm-hmm. do this and negotiate and do it in a kind way or say no in a kind way. We're not saying that your partner can't say no. They Never. can. They Absolutely. Can. It's part of agency. However, mm-hmm. the way in which the no is stated is extremely important. No, I honestly think Trey could have said, you know, babe, I, I am happy to do some more gentle lovemaking. I think that possibly we might need to get you into some more spaces in which you're nurtured. Yeah. Like, yes, and, you know, Mm -hmm. like, I'll be gentle, but I'm also going to help you find or I'm going to encourage you to find a massage therapist who specializes in some of this. I'm going to encourage you to ask a friend to braid your hair. Yeah. You know, like, he could have said no in a – 
in a different way. Yeah, absolutely. And that's fine. Yeah. The way in which it's stated, though, is so important. So important. <laughs> really changes. <laughs> if he had been like, gross, no, I didn't marry you to have nurturing <laughs> sex, <laughs> then he's a motherfucker. A motherfucker. And we need to always, what does Maya Angelou say when people tell you who they are, believe them? Mm. If people are answering like motherfuckers. They're a motherfucker. Uh-huh. We don't need to do the like gendered female thing of like, let me fix it and solve it and make you better no. and lead you to healing through my wonderful brain. No. No. God, no. Um, Do we want to thumb through the sex ed for you? Yes, no, maybe. Yes, Really do, fast actually. and see if there's any observables. Um, we will make this available in the show notes, my friends. Want to go through the whole thing or you want to just like, you want to just um, start with some of the beginning ones, yeah. like give some examples of what this starts with and how somebody would play it with a partner or I can do the how you would play it and you can then do some of the things. That really just overloaded my brain. I'm sorry. sorry what the fuck? I'm going to <laughs> explain how one would play it with a partner and then Holland's going to give us some examples, some of the favorite ones that jump out to her. Okay. Okay. So when I help people play this with a partner... I say either print it out or do it on some type of tablet-y thing and go through and write yes, no, or maybe by each of these things. It's one, two, three pages. It's not that long. This is like a very basic introductory one. And then once you're done, pass it to the partner, read it from start to finish, and then take a breath, take a pause. Because sometimes people who are doing this for the first time get a little like, ah, they want me to do what? Let that pass through your body if that's silly. Then look at all of the things that maybe you were also a yes or a maybe to. Mm-hmm. And then start the conversation with those things. You can go ahead and talk about no's, mm-hmm. but only after you have talked about yeses and maybes. Yeah. The things that you have in common. Yeah. Um, again, I usually work with people who are would be doing something like this with a partner that they want to introduce new things to. Mm-hmm. Um, but nobody... Yeah, needs to be like beaten down right in the beginning. So anyway, that's how I would instruct to play. And yeah, do you want to yeah yeah take us through? So this is a fun one that is PG. Um, touching a partner affectionately in public, like PDA. Yeah. Not everybody loves PDA. My best friend fucking hates PDA. I love public displays of affection. Like mm-hmm. it truly brings me so much joy. So those are. It's a good one to start with. It's a really good one to start yeah. with. I I think that so often in these like kinkier ones, which we do have, they leave these types of things off. Mm-hmm. Some of these things are just as arousing. Absolutely. Like it lead to great sex. For sure. Okay, keep going. Um, And all of these, they also have like the reciprocal. So like touching, yeah. being touched. Um, I like that this one like, um, yeah, those are different things. Ooh. Some people love to touch their partner in public. Yeah. They don't touch me though. True. Yeah. Um, masturbating with a partner or mm-hmm. in front of a partner. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Mutual masturbation. Mm-hmm. She's a queen. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, this is a good one to talk about too. Touching a partner without asking. Yes. I work with survivors mm-hmm. of sexual trauma. This is a huge one. Yeah. And their partners have no idea how they are, um, stimulating their f- like, f- mm-hmm. like flight response mm-hmm. all the time. All day long. They think they're being affectionate. No. They think they're being so kind. Yeah. And it can be in specific ways too. Yeah. I think because like, you know, one survivor may not want a specific type of touch because it's reminding them mm-hmm. of a certain mm-hmm. thing. However, they may be like, oh, I would love for you to just grab my boobs sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't freak mm-hmm. me out. There are so many nuanced conversations that come from this, this kind of list. I mean, it's so fun. Yeah. Like literally. Yeah. Um, hickeys, that's a very serious one that needs to be at. Yeah, that would have been a good one. Hey, now, don't look at me with that eye. Listen. I didn't know it needed to be had. Mm -hmm. Still a good thing for anyone to ask when they are kissing, kissing on a person. Apparently my skin is very susceptible to the hickeys. Anyway, let's just say Holland walked around with hickeys all up and down her neck for like two weeks. And it was not fun. It was joyful for me. <laughs> it was not fun. I for wasted her. so much makeup. So much. 
God. God. My anyway. shirts would be ruined. I would have to be like stain treating. Oh my God. Yeah. So anyway, have that conversation. On that same note, some people adore it. Yeah. I have colleagues who teach whole entire classes on like giving them and wear them, wearing them proudly. Yeah. And oh my goodness, for some people, it is an like, um, uh, it's like a tattoo of yeah. pleasure. Yeah. So please, again, hear us. Mm-hmm. It is. It can be someone's delight. Or putting them in places that can't be seen yes. or things like that. Like there's, again, no, like so much nuance. Uh-huh. So. Good one. Um, All the oral sexes, all the hand sexes. I, I'm skipping back up to tickling. Oh, okay. Go back. Because I love to be tickled because I'm not ticklish. To me, it feels like, I don't know like roughhousing play it is delightful to me my partner is the most ticklish person on the world he hates it hates it with a hate so deep i will punch someone yeah. in the face i mean it is literally it would be the world's biggest turnoff it is and it's yet huge... i like it and wow. he doesn't i don't think he's ever i can't even get pedicures me. because they tickle me so much it's not like comfortable oh, i that's hate sad. it see i love it anyway so no. there's good things on this list all the orals <laughs> all the orals all the manuals ooh biting Another good one to talk about. Biting is such a good one to talk. <laughs> I like to bite. I love to bite. And I am always getting in trouble for biting too hard. But like the arm, like when it's mm-hmm. a man mm-hmm. and their arm is just so muscular mm-hmm. and it's just like I just want to bite it. <laughs> anyway, talk about that one. It's a good one. Um. Oh, sensory deprivation, yes. blindfolds, and like earmuffs have been a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, ooh, somebody putting like panties in their mouth yes, or something. Yeah, sensory it's like a gentler gag. Yeah, yeah. Talk about it. lots of people, especially I will say with my neurospicy clients, we talk often mm-hmm. about sensory deprivation because it allows them to be more in the moment mm-hmm. and. Y'all, it can be, sure, the eye mask that you wear for bed mm-hmm. or the earplugs, or you can go sexier with it. A tie. But yeah, don't feel at all ashamed. They no. are fantastic for bringing us more into our bodies. Absolutely. Yeah. I, this is kind of like a weird sideline to sensory dep- deprivation, but headphones with audio porn? Yes. Talk about keeping yourself in the mo- moment. Oh my God. Holy shit. I don't think we talked about it because we didn't have this podcast yet. When we had the Oh My Bod trial, which we can Mm -hmm, put the link down mm -hmm. here, um, it was like this one gal you put in your underwear and then your partner controls like the beep or whatever. Yeah. Um, What's eye controlling? How did he do this? I don't know. But Trey like read erotic literature while buzzing the thing. Oh, damn. It was a lot, but it was lovely. Baller. Yeah. Anyway. Um... Yeah, then we get into, like, more intense stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this one isn't all gentle. I would say, like, page two ends with restricting my partner's movement. Mm-hmm. Page three jumps into butt plugs, caning chains, cuffs, double penetration. Like, mm-hmm. some good stuff. This isn't all just, like, yeah, no. um, easy peasy. Oh, phone sex is a fun one to talk about, yeah. too. I know we say all the time that, like, before I was a sex educator, I was homeschooled and mm-hmm. very sheltered. And so when I lived in my first apartment with my best friend, still best friend, at 17, 18, we were having some conversation about the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky thing. Mm. And I said, we were, like, making dinner. And I was like, I don't understand still, like, why it was such a big deal and why, like, all these things had to happen. And I said, I mean, it was just phone sex. And my best friend turns to me and she's like, Lauren, what do you think that oral sex is? And I was like, speaking on the phone about sex. <laughs> oh my God. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I was convinced, like from the time of the entire scandal, I had always thought that he was in his office talking to her on the phone, which I understand he was in a committed relationship, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah, shouldn't do that. No, I understand also power dynamics and yeah. Monica never should have been made to be out to be such a whore. Anyway, yeah, always thought it was that. So, Holy you know, maybe shit. the sheet will also give you an opportunity to clarify with a partner what things are. Yeah, phone sex no. is very different than very oral sex. Different. Very different. That's hilarious. Uh-huh. <laughs> Okay. Anyway, 
I've come a long way. Yeah. And then there's like making a sex video, mm-hmm. watching porn together, um, spanking, ooh, hot wax and ice, so like mm-hmm. temperature play, all good things. This is just like, again, like we said earlier, like a jumping pad. Yeah. Like you take this, you talk about it. There's so many conversations to be had. Have dinner first <laughs> and then talk about spanking and phone sex. <laughs> and as Colin said, it, it, it's, did I just call you Colin? You did. Thank you. That's Holland said. It is. Um, yeah. This is a launching pad for conversation. Yeah. I also would say it's probably a launching pad for giggles. Yeah. Like oh, the absolutely. first time you try something like hot wax play. <laughs> Um, might be a time for clear, clear, clear communication. It might not be the sexiest adventure mm-hmm. one has ever had. Whenever we're trying new things, even talking dirty, you and mm-hmm. I have been talking about this a lot recently, it it can feel kind of giggly and embarrassing to yeah. share things like this with someone. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And it's, it's a starting point. And being brave enough to start there is really, really awesome. Really, really awesome. You want to tell them where they can get this? Oh, on our website. <laughs> on the download section. I will provide you a code in the show notes. So go look for that and you can get it for free. And then you can yay use for it. you. And It'll then, only be for like a week. Yeah. It get will on be this. valid until, let's say, next week. Yeah. So if you listen yeah. to this podcast in years from now, in the future. Sorry. Sorry, sorry. But you can still see if the link is valid for sure. <laughs> um, thanks for coming to this episode of Sex Ed for You with Lauren and Holland, where research meets Eats reality. Please keep in mind that these are our opinions um, based upon some research sometimes, but also please go do your own, form your own opinions. You have a right to self-determination. Um, if you are interested in working with Sex Ed for You, you can go to www.sexedforyou.com forward slash free consult and you can request a consult. I adore working with folks um, talking about all of these things and I would love to know if we're a good fit too. Um, if you are looking for education that's not quite the level of individual sexuality education, you can check out our monthly membership program called Hemlock. Um, we read a book every quarter. We chat about it. We have a journal prompts that come out at the beginning of each month. And then we also have a full moon podcast. And it is a great, another, we've used the word launching pad so many times this episode, but it's a great launching pad. If you're not quite sure what you think about things, you can also ask things in our little group chats Mm -hmm. on instagram and it's a ball it's a ball anything else that i left out where can they follow us on instagram sex underscore ed underscore four underscore you that's all that's all have a great day everybody bye bye